0: Hi everyone, welcome to Ask the Horse Live. I'm your host, Michelle Anderson, Digital Managing Editor of TheHorse.com. Tonight's topic is equine sports therapy, how it can help heal and maintain your horse. So sports and physical therapy are important parts of human health care. Think of the NFL football players soaking in freezing cold ice baths after a game, or your grandfather working with a physical therapist after his knee replacement. Now consider your own horse's needs after running a four-star event or recovering from a colic surgery. To help us better understand equine physical therapy and sports therapy, we've invited Dr. Erin Denny-Jones, an FEI vet who owns and operates Florida Equine Veterinary Services in Claremont, Florida, and her on-staff equine physical therapist, Kim Chester-Campbell. I welcome both of you to Ask the Horse Live tonight. Erin? Hello.
1: Good to be on with everybody. Sorry about that. It was a little delayed here on my end. Oh, okay.
0: And Kim, do you, are you on the line with us? Yes, yes. I'm here as well. Excellent. Oh, good. So we're going to start with you, Dr. Jones. Can you tell us a little bit about your practice and how you integrate uh, sports medicine therapy into your practice?
1: Yes, my practice is in Central Florida. It is a general equine ambulatory with a little bit of clinic work practice. We do all aspects of ambulatory herd health but we really focus on the sports medicine aspect uh, more than anything else. We do a little bit of reproductive work. So like I said, it's like a general equine practice, but it has more of a sports medicine flair to it. The clientele we see can range from anywhere from competitive trail riders to your weekend warriors who enjoy trail rides on their own up to the four-star, three-day eventers. We also have dressage riders. We have some jumpers. We have some hunters. And then we do have some field trial and fox hunting clientele. And all of these horses, doesn't matter if you're just doing a weekend trail ride, all these horses require some sort of physical therapy at some point in their life, whether they're the older horse or the young horse that's just injured something minor. But the uh, physical therapy is definitely a part of your sports medicine programs in any equine practice.
0: And Dr. Jones, you have an interest also in acupuncture and chiropractic as well as uh, being an FEI vet, is that correct?
1: Yes it is, I think that that's necessary to make a full rounded sports medicine practice. You need to incorporate some Eastern medicine with your Western medicine, again,
0: as well as your physical therapy. Okay, so Kim, can you tell us a little bit about uh, being an equine sports therapist and your work that you do there with Dr. Jones?
2: Yes, I can. Well, I'm, I'm finding that here in Florida, the the concept of equine sports therapy is a little bit newer than it is in places such as California, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, basically in a lot of the states or the, the states outside of Florida. But it's slowly starting to take a hold here in Florida. Uh, there are a, a, there were a couple of places in in Ocala that equine therapy facilities that did offer equine therapy to the horses, so that helped market and get the idea of equine sports therapy out there in florida the one of the challenges that i have of course is educating the owner on what equine sports therapy is and how it's beneficial to their horse and all the different types of of ailments and conditions that the therapy can can help heal also another challenge that i have is of course feeling is Working with a horse that is very not very compliant with what I need it to do because they don't always stand perfectly still for for you. So you have to change your you have to change your attitude, you have to change your mindset. You have to change constantly change it in that environment because the horse is either causing you to modify what you're doing or the outside environment, such as people feeding all the horses at the barn and then your, your horse wants to eat or a lot of extra attention. People come up when touch the horse and say, Oh, how are you doing? Which is fine, but sometimes it's very distracting when I'm when I'm working on the horse, it's distracting the horse too, because now this horse who was originally relaxed is now wide awake and starting starting to get fidgety. So the and, and also with equine therapy there is no black just black or white. There's a lot of gray in, 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 in there in there as well. So I guess the, the best thing I can say is it, it definitely requires a lot of patience. It requires you to be able to to be, be flexible and just change with the environment and and change with your treatment plan when needed.
0: So Kim, when our audience members signed up for this event, they had the opportunity to submit questions, and the number one question was, "How do you become?" an equine sports therapist. And so can you tell everyone a little bit about your education and your background and how you ended up in this field?
2: Yes, I can actually. I've I've ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to to work on animals and I wanted to do a lot of hands on. And I looked at different fields that that um, that dealt with or or work worked with small animal and and, and large animal and just there was a point in my life when I, was, when I started taking taking riding lessons and I realized I really wanted to learn a lot more about the horse and how to, to better, better care for it not just from just the grooming and feeding aspect but also from the physical as, aspect as well but I eventually started going um, to, to school at Midway College at in midway kentucky and there i attended their equine therapy program and i i got a bachelor's of science in equine therapy and then from there i moved down here to florida where i started working with with dr jones and um as far as becoming an, an equine therapist there's, there are a lot of different schools and programs available out there anything from something that will provide classes or courses over a two-week period or courses over several semesters, you just have to really get out there and and do your research and find out what is best best suited for for you. But I know that there's at least a couple of, of schools or places here in Florida. I could try Tennessee and North Carolina, and I want to say California and Pennsylvania. And then you also have, have, have courses. And I'm sure there are a lot more than that. But, but those are some of the areas that I found um, the um, equine therapy courses or, or classes offered.
0: So, Dr. Jones, why was it important to you to include someone like Kim, who has the sports medicine background, into your practice? And what kind of uh, benefits or results have you had in working together? Well, I
1: believe, and it's educating the clientele to also believe in this, but I believe that what Kim offers to the horses is a great therapy between major treatments, whether it's injections, shockwave, uh, whatever. Uh, This type of physical therapy that Kim has offered in our practice helps the horse ease back into its workload, sometimes a little quicker, but also a little bit more uh, sound than they would just doing your regular get on their back and ride at a walk. There are modalities that she uses that localize the work on the area that's injured and that makes a world of difference than them compensating on the other leg if you're walking them or something to affect. Uh, You may get some other injuries. She can focus on the one area. Uh, Including it in my practice, was a no-brainer especially when she came to me and she told me that her instructor was Mimi Porter who I had known and met at the 96 Olympics and Mimi is well-known in the equine world with her physical therapy abilities and that was just a a welcome invitation to have a student of Mimi's in my backyard and in my back pocket that was fantastic to have that wealth of knowledge to spread to use in my sports medicine practice and uh, I have seen great results with Kim and what she's done, the number one thing is in bowed tendons and uh, suspensory ligament injuries. Those horses seem to get back to work a lot quicker and don't re-injure. Uh, I can't say they definitely don't re-injure, all of them don't re-injure, but the ones that she's worked on has very minimal chance to re-injure uh, that same site that they've just healed. So those two things alone can pay for itself tenfold in a horse that's working in uh, some sort of high-end sport.
0: So, uh, Dr. Jones, I recently, or this fall, got to go to a Charlotte Dujardin uh, clinic, and you know, for those who are listening who aren't familiar with Charlotte, she rides Vallegro. They're the, the number one dressage team in the world right now. It was really cool <laughs> to get to watch her for two days. And I... I shouldn't have been surprised by it but I was surprised when she talked so much about her her sports medicine therapist and that person traveling with them to all their international competitions is this something Dr. Jones that you see when you when you're at the FEI competitions a lot these the physical therapists with the horse absolutely each team usually
1: has a physical therapist or maybe two that they call upon to treat the horses and uh, they te- they treat the entire team Granted, there are some people who like their own personal physical therapists that they started to use, but those physical therapists need to be approved by the team vet in order for them to tag along with the team and to be a part of the team. It has to be a you know unified junction decision that the team vet and the owners have come to to um, you know put a blessing on these uh, sports medicine therapists to come along. But yes, I, almost every team and every uh, team vet I know has their own sports medicine
0: therapist with them okay. and before we get into the questions that were submitted ahead of time and start taking questions from our audience I want to ask him if you could kind of put a bubble around what is sports therapy or physical therapy for horses what are the modalities that we are talking about or that uh, physical therapists are treating horses with whether they're the equine athlete or the horse that's recovering from an injury or a surgery
2: well, with sports physical therapy, you're using the, um, the the principles of athletic training in combination with the uh, principles and, and skills of, of a physical therapist or physical therapy. and It includes a wide range of modalities. Again, I can give you a general idea of the uh, different categories, and then as you're out there on the showgrounds, or you look online, you, you will see a, a vast variety of different types of of pieces of the equipment. Basically, that would fall fall under under each of these categories, and that would include anything from heat therapy to cold therapies, uh, acupuncture and acupressure, chiropractic, massage, energy therapies such as cranial psych Therapy or Reiki, therapeutic ultrasound, laser, electrical stimulation, magnetic field therapy, and stretching.
0: So everyone who's listening uh, as always uh, feel free to send in questions to us as we're talking over over the next forty five minutes now uh, we're gonna start out with some questions that were sent in during that registration process and my first question is for dr. Jones and this is from Justine who's in Salem Oregon and she wants to know how do I find a qualified vet that does massage and/ or chiropractic work or how do I find a qualified physical therapist for my horse
1: I wish I could give you uh, one website to go to Justine for this but uh, that's a multifaceted question the uh, physical therapist and massage therapists are not under a general licensing board at this moment in any of the states or any of the veterinary slash certified training type um, programs that are out there so that um, is There's not a site that you could go to to find them and pick up and say this is a reputable or uh, well-knowledged or well-educated person. Unfortunately, you'll have to rely on your veterinarian for probably those two types of uh, people in your area. And I would go to a veterinarian who does primarily sports medicine work, that does uh, your eventing, uh, dressage, your jumpers, and they're doing the higher-end shows. and You may have to move out of your area to find one like that, but uh, that would be my first source for you. Secondly, for the veterinarian that does chiropractic work, um, and that's what I'd recommend as veterinarian that does chiropractic work, there are um, many courses they can take. There are three recognized um, in the United States for the American Veterinary College of of, um, Chiropractic. Uh, associations and they don't have to be certified, they just have to take the course. So you just need to ask the veterinarian what course they took and where but if you go on the site for AVCA, for the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association or IVCA, the International Veterinary Chiropractic Association, they will have either a list of certified doctors on there or they will have a list of schools they went to so you can double check the resume per se of your veterinarian and which school they went to. The three schools in North America, or actually in America, is the Healing Oasis Wellness Center, Options for Animals, and Parker University. There is a new program here in Florida, the PELI program, that's in conjunction with the uh, acupuncture site in Reddick, Florida uh, the Chi Institute. Uh, there is another site in Canada, the Veterinary Chiropractic Learning Center, and then there's another site that's recognized in Germany called the Backbone Academy for Veterinary, Chiropractic, and Healing Arts. These are all reputable schools. You go multiple weeks, and unfortunately, veterinarians can't leave their practice for a month at a time, so we have to fly in and out one week at a time every month until we get all of the um, information covered, and it's usually a six-week program. And then the um, exams are at the end, whether it's an exam just for the class or an exam for one of these certifications, um, you take those at the end. So that would be my recommendation is really just getting the resume of the veterinarian on where they did their chiropractic schooling, because they may not be certified through those associations, which is fine. Um, the certification seems to be more lean to um, human chiropractors because they need to have a license to work or a, or some sort of certification to work on animals. Veterinarians don't need that certification because it's in our practice act.
0: We have a question from our live audience and Kim, I'll, I'll give this one to you. It's from Lucille and she wants to know if an equine massage therapist is different than an equine sports therapist. Is that a different person or is it a skill set that's within a, a larger umbrella?
2: I believe that the equine sports therapist and equine massage therapist can be one one in, in, in the same person. It just just depends on what you offer. I think an equine sports therapist may offer a wider variety of, of treatments for the horse, but people who um, only practice equine sports massage will, will call them themselves an equine massage therapist versus a, a, a sports therapist.
0: Lucille also wants to know if you can be an equine sports therapist without being a veterinarian. Uh, Kim?
2: Yes, you can. I'm. I am not a a, a a veterinarian, but again, I did go to Midway College in Midway, Kentucky, and um, I attended the equine therapy program there. And with that program, it took four four years because you had to take two years of the um, basic equine courses, and then after those. Two years, you had to interview to be accepted by the equine therapy program itself, and in those two years, you took um, equine therapy based courses, and they and that equine therapy program at the time was headed by by Mimi Porter, and Mimi is one of the most, or I would say, the most talented and just intelligent therapist. That that I I have met, and I'm extremely fortunate to have been, been been able to learn from her because she has so many many years of being an an, an equine therapist. She used she's used a wide variety of thera- therapeutic mod- modalities. She has worked on so many different cases, and and if you're going to learn how to be an equine sports therapist, it's, it's best at the very least to learn from someone who has been there, done that, and who, who have a lot of experience under their belt, not just in terms of years, but also in terms of of the uh, different, different types of cases, like the variety of cases and the variety of, of modality, modalities that they use and the out, outcomes that they've gotten as a result of it.
0: Kim, we have a question from Bridget in Australia. And Bridget wants to know, what are some of the most common issues you treat with sports therapy?
2: The most common issues I've treated so far with sports therapy would include sore, sore backs, tendon injuries, um, horses that are just, just stiff or very, very tight, and I use a lot of, a lot of stretching with them, and also with, with wounds. Those are the most the most com- common ones that 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 I have I have or the most common cases that I that I in, in, in encounter in my field so far.
0: So Kim do you find that you are usually coming in to treat an existing issue or to manage an existing issue with Dr. Jones or are you also doing proactive things that are helping keep the horses sound so that they don't get stiff or sore down the road?
2: I would say the a majority of my of my work is has has been called upon due to an an already existing case, like a horse has been um, has been short short strided for for a while and um, or the horse is lame or the horse has been injured all already, and the owner is looking for additional help to. To help get that horse back back into its um, optimal level of training or of of work. So, what happens is Dr. Jones goes in and she examines the horse. She diag diagnoses what the what the problem is, which is extremely important to me because I need to know what I'm working with. Be- be- Before I start. Otherwise, if I don't and I just go in and start working on a horse that a veterinarian has not treated or done a workup on yet, I'm just you know stabbing around in the dark as as far as what that horse actually needs.
0: So um, Claire and Virginia wanted to know. Well she has a horse that's recovering from an extended confinement due to a ligament injury in a front foot. She's wondering how physical therapy could help her horse recover more quickly from confinement and being injured.
2: Okay, well first it depends on what the what the injury was and where the what what state of healing is this injury at, at now. And the best way to to do that is to have have your vet Examine the horse and do a workout, whether it be you know X-rays, whether it be ultrasound, to try to, to determine what the actual injury is and what what stage of healing that the horse horse is in. But generally, um, I feel that no, that that keeping a horse con, confined and not doing out. Uh, at least some some hand walking and just allowing the horse to just sit sit in the stall and sit out in the field day after day after day does not help it improve um i feel that the horse should at least be hand walked should be slowly brought um back to work in the meantime it could it could always get some massage to help out with some muscles that have gotten you know tense or sore because he's Um, um, guarding himself from that injury. Um, Also some e-stem or therapeutic ultrasound around the joint or um, around the hoof or the uh, foot would, would, would probably help out as well.
0: So can you explain to us a little bit about what therapeutic ultrasound is and how it can help the horse?
2: Yes. Therapeutic ultrasound is a modality that that uses sound waves to heal. And um, with the therapeutic ultrasound, you can either either use it to create heat or you could use it healing without heat. So first, you have to ask yourself, okay, when I'm um, treating this area, do I want to treat it? Is, is it okay to use heat? And if not, then you have to treat without heat. And of course, that is controlled by the um, by the different pr- parameters that that you set on your machine, and um, and you can either treat superficial or you 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 can treat deep into the muscle or the um, tendon tendon structures, and the sound waves are delivered to the target area with a with a probe, and the probe is connected to a um, box that is generated by either um, battery or electricity and you um, hold that probe over the uh, injured injured site to help stimulate healing with the sound waves.
0: And Dr. Jones have you found that integrating these therapies are helping your clients horses get back to work more quickly?
1: Yes I do. I was agreeing and shaking my head as Kim was describing what she's doing with these horses and I have to agree with her she's probably doing you know recovery treatment more than prophylactic because um just human nature in the recession wasn't much of a help we are more of a knee jerk society that the horse is sick we need to fix it but once they're not broken we don't do anything to fix them we don't do anything to to coast them along you know occasionally she'll find some people that want to do some prophylactic type work on their horse which is good Um but the therapeutic ultrasound um... i've seen it do some tremendous results on how big those as we all know bowed tendons look after the fact because we've seen those horses have the big ugly bowed scarred in bowed tendon Mm -hmm. and in fact Kim and I saw one the other day that uh, she treated many years ago and um, when you palpated down through the tendons you couldn't even find it it was so small it was just a little blip as you palpated down the tendons and it was a significant core lesion at the time that uh, required some treatments. and Kim did a twice a week treatment protocol on this horse and it looks fantastic. So the decreasing in the swelling, the inflammation, and just the physical look of it is um, is definitely a thumbs up for this physical therapy.
0: So when I do these Ask the Vet Lives, I always have an example from my own three horses uh, because they're always <laughs> always doing things to themselves. But uh, my, my dressage horse, the one that uh, people can see on their screens, the chestnut that I'm riding, he uh, was doing great this summer. We're doing upper-level dressage work and then uh, had an unsoundness and kind of went downhill all of a sudden at once, just kind of imploded on me. And one of the things that, that my vet recommended we're doing the carrot stretches. And Kim, I know that's a, a big part of what you do. Can you talk us through what carrot stretches are, why they're important, and how they can help our horses, especially when they're like mine and they need to get back to work after struggling for a couple months?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, sure, definitely. The The carrot stretches are, are excellent for stretching the muscles of the neck and um, also the um, muscles of the um, shoulders and the top of the uh, withers too because um, you have to look at the fact that that the neck does not work independently of um, all the other muscles attached to it. Um, But the carrot stretches are, you know, definitely great for um, increasing flexibility in the neck and I would recommend that people not just have them go, um, you know, just haphazardly go, you know, side side to side, but see if see if they can reach reach back towards their flanks, see if they can reach down uh, lower uh, towards their belly, and then also when they um, stretch them stretch them down um, towards their between their knees and then down um, further, you know, t- towards towards the ground, between their feet, and then also have them have them stretch to the um, out outside of each leg too, which um, you know also helps and adds variety to their stretches.
0: So this is a really practical question, Kim, because <laughs> mm-hmm. my horse has turned into a carrot monster with these things. Oh I- yeah. Yeah. So, how do you how do you recommend uh, an owner or a trainer, whoever is doing these exercises with their horses, how do you recommend that they protect their fingers and hands as they're doing these stretches?
2: <laughs> that one is often uh, difficult because, especially when they when they realize that I actually get something if I do the stretch. I get a treat, and they go crazy, especially the ones that are that are just treat hounds on it anyway. So my recommendation is instead of getting the um, baby carrots if they tend to get get really uh, aggressive with the biting instead of using the um, smaller smaller carrots, get the carrot sticks the uh, longer ones that way you don 't have to get your fingers so um, close uh, to their mouth, and then also the um, you just have to be patient and you have to take the um, stretches slow and um, and not allow them to just grab and just grab and just take off. You know, you have to make them be patient, make them hold the, hold the stretch and, and wait and then allow them to have their, their
0: treat. Okay. I might have to head to Costco and get a big bag because mine's going to take my fingers off. He thinks that these <laughs> are the best idea ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that with his carrot stretches. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add uh,
1: two cents on that, and um, you know, people are talking about these carrot stretches, which is a good thing. And the hind limb stretches are, I think, just as important as the forelimb stretches. And I'm sure you're going to roll into that question eventually. But just what my my feelings are is a lot of people won't pick up on a hind limb lameness as quickly as they will a forelimb lameness, and they can start off easily with compensation of some sort of uh, joint problem in the back, and then it becomes a muscle problem. If you have the stretches done in the hind limb as well, I think you'll have less issues with the horses uh, freezing up or being more arthritic in the back end.
0: And we do have a really great PDF on thehorse.com that will take you through stretches step-by-step step if you don't have access to someone like Kim who can teach you how to do them for your horses. And I'm asking uh, my producers to go grab that for us. Uh, so by the end of the show, we will have uh, that PDF, and we'll stick it up on Facebook as well so you can find it there because it's really useful. It's come in handy for my own horses. And um, mm-hmm. so. My next question is um, from our, our list of questions that was sent in ahead of time. And this is for Dr. Jones. And Rose sent in via email asking about shockwave therapy. What and I know this is a big question, Erin, so so we'll try try to get to as much information as we can without we could do a whole show just on shockwave therapy. But she wants to know what is shockwave therapy and is what does it do for the horse and is it something that your vet needs to do or some can someone other than your vet do shockwave on your horse
1: um, the shockwave should be limited to the veterinarian prescribing it but as far as somebody doing it for them usually their technicians would be the ones doing it you know for them the let's go to what shockwave is. shockwave is basically stimulating blood flow and new blood vessels to grow in an area that has some sort of inflammatory response going on, so it's a soreness, painness, uh, arthritic area that is inflamed and is having some detrimental uh, aspects of the problem um, processing in the in the body system. So you add the shockwave, it stimulates blood flow to the area to pull all those bad things, those bad the bad inflammation away and all the catabolic processes away. From that area, so that it can focus on just getting healthy and um, becoming more normal. Um, the shockwave machines are only sold to veterinarians; are not sold to individuals. They may individuals may end up with them, maybe on a third-party purchase or you know eBay or something to that effect. But there's certain doses that you need to set it on just like Kim described on her ultrasound therapeutic machine you need to understand what those settings are for if you're going to get too hot or too cold for those machines for the shock wave it's too deep or not deep enough and it's also the settings of uh, how many shocks you want to deliver more is not necessarily better in these you know in these particular circumstances um, in the human world they found out that it worked beautifully on plantar fasciitis is the primary reason they use it. And that's very painful for people on their feet to be walking around with their um, plantar uh, fascia to be all tightened up and inflamed. And it allows um, some relaxation, not because it's injecting a relaxation type mechanism in there, it's just taking all the fluid away so that the ligament itself can start doing a normal flex and stretch job rather than tighten it up. The same in the horse is, if you did, <coughs> excuse me, if you did too little, you may not get your anti-inflammatory effect. And if you did too much, you may cause too much damage in those areas. So you need to deliver the right amount at the right depth. Um, that's how I'm going to start off with that. How much more do you want me to get into it? Because like you said, this could be a whole other webinar about where it's used and how it's used and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think that that that's a a good summary of it. And if anyone is listening and is interesting interested in more in Shockwave, uh, you can go to thehorse.com and search for it. We have webcasts that we've done on it. We have lots of articles about research papers that have been done on Shockwave. There's lots of really good information out there. And maybe we'll do one of these in in the near future uh, all on Shockwave. Um, while uh, Dr. Jones was answering that question, our producer Jennifer did run and grab that PDF for me. And so if you're listening, you might want to write this down. It's thehorse.com slash 30240. And again, that's 30240. And that is a special report. It's PDF. You can print it out, take it to the barn. I keep mine in a clear sheet protector and um, so that I can... Throw it on my mounting block and look at it while I'm stretching my horse. So take a look at that. Um, And we also have a follow-up question from our audience about stretches. Gail's listening, and she, Kim, wants to know what is the best time to do these stretches? Should it be before we ride them, after we ride them? In the case of my horse, I can't ride him or haven't been able to ride him, (laughs) so so we're doing the stretches instead. When when should we be doing these stretches, and how often should we be doing them?
2: That is actually a very good good question you would um the best time to stretch your horse is when your horse is warmed up so whether that be um you know hand walking your horse lunging your horse riding your horse under under a saddle and then um you know at a at a, at a walk and then doing uh, let's say a really slow controlled trot or a jog would be fine first and then stretch. So I would say that the best time to stretch your horse is def- definitely when it's warmed up. And how long it takes to warm your hor- horse-, horse up depends on your horse too, because you know some horses might be, um, you know, might just take a lot, a lot longer to get warm, especially if they're older and they're arthritic. They might need 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 a little bit extra extra time whereas the um younger or the the more fit horse might not need as much much time to warm up so you want to warm warm your horse horse up, up first the second thing you want to do is you want to when you stretch stretch your horse you want to hold hold each stretch for um several 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 seconds minimum you don't want them to just Um, You know pull their limb or reach around and grab that carrot really really quick you want to do it nice and slow and you want to allow them to hold that position or um, Hold that that stretch different sources have um, different amounts of time Some sources say hold it for uh, 20 seconds some say 30 Some say 15 so just I would say about an average of about maybe um, 10 10 to about 20 20 seconds and then as far as how how often you may want to start off stretching your your horse each each day especially if you're stretching a horse that is not very com um, very comfortable having its limbs manipulated Um, sometimes it takes um, takes time for them to trust what you're doing and to to just relax and just um, Enjoy that the stretch. So you want to start off stretching every every day, and then as as they become a lot more limber and a lot more sux, flexible, you can try going just just every every other day or just a few times a, 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 a week would be fine.
0: Okay. Our next question, Kim, is from Beth in uh, Massachusetts, and Beth wants to know if a healthy horse Receives a maintenance massage or has regular maintenance massage. Should it be after work or should he be resting when he's doing that, or should he work after he's had a massage? And I want to know why all of our horses get maintenance massages and I don't. So, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I have something to add after that. So when Tim's (laughs) done,
2: let's let's just say that I often ask myself that when I am massaging a horse. And especially when it's hot outside, I'm sweating. Like I've sweat through all my clothes. My arms and my hands are tired. I'm looking at this horse like, how is it that you get this massage and I don't? <laughs> but yeah. I there are, there are different uh, types of massages. There's a um, in ge- general, as far as work is concerned, if you want your horse to get a massage right before work, they can get a pre work massage, which is basically it's a it's a quick massage involving um quick brief techniques. Um after after the workout, your horse can certainly get massage. It would definitely um benefit from from that because it helps the horse relax. It helps um re- relieve some of the tension or the muscle um soreness from that work workout, and, and it also helps get the toxins such as the lactic acid out out of the muscles too so the horse um a perfectly healthy horse could you know definitely use it just as well as a horse that has a lot of a lot of physical issues um that that massages um that massage can greatly improve um but if um but if you do massage a horse after a workout i would recommend waiting um at least an hour or two for that horse to uh cool down first because when you massage you increase the uh temp- um, the temperature in the muscle and the other um, tissues and the last thing you want is to increase the temperature even more and in an already hot horse. So the question, so the answer is um, right after the workout let the horse work uh, rest first, let it cool down and then and then do the massage afterwards.
1: Okay
0: and Dr. Jones you have something to add?
1: Yes, I'm going to do an analogy. In the human world they have pre-race massages and they have post-race massages, same thing. So Kim described it beautifully. It's what they use in the human world for all the high-end human athletes. Also, um, <laughs> Kim and I have the luxury here in Central Florida to have um, many track runners come and, and train in the wintertime. And there is a wonderful sports and massage therapist that unfortunately she and I don't utilize her, her abilities um, as much on humans. And um, she also has a stretching uh, person that these athletes use um not at the same time as their massage. They'll come in for a stretching appointment just to have somebody help them stretch. So back to the stretching conversation about your horse, your horses will stretch their own legs as they come out of the stall. Sometimes you see them stretch their back leg or stretch as they get up out of the pasture or the front end. But when you add your stretches to them, you're helping them push the limit a little bit of their muscles just like this person does for the human athletes. They push the limits to not tear or or hurt anything. They're just trying to get them to get a little bit more stretch out of that muscle that you wouldn't push on yourself or the horse wouldn't push on themselves. But yes, the comment you made is we don't take care of ourselves sometimes as well as we do our horses.
0: (laughs) It's true. And I I wanted to add that when I managed a, a herd of therapeutic riding horses, we had a wonderful massage therapist who would come in and she volunteered to to work on the horses on a regular basis. And I found that she was able to tell me when something was going on with the horse that I hadn't noticed yet with the horse under saddle mm-hmm. or in class. So, Kim, is that something that you find that you notice something in the horse and then you can pass that on to the owners and to Dr. Jones and then you can address it before it becomes a, a big issue?
2: Yes, yes, actually. Um... Yes, def- definitely. There, there have been times when I felt something in a horse, and it you know whether it be um, um, a knot where it shouldn't be, whether um, it be um, ex- extremely taut um, uh, uh, tendons, and I'm feeling this going. There is something going on with this horse, and what I'll do is I'll um, work on it with the massage, and if if between my massages and the owner's stretching, if the horse is not improving, then it's you know that's a telltale sign that, sign that something is definitely wrong. So yes, there are many many times when when I can feel um, feel something is wrong, feel that something is not right, and I will work work it with the massage techniques. But if there's not a lot of improvement afterwards, then, you know, then it's time to, you know, um, do something further with, with the horse. And I I'll
1: find, question. too, with, um, with Kim, I'm sorry, I'm going to add my two cents, is that I'll sometimes get so focused on, uh, let's say, a hind limb lameness, that um, if Kim goes out and she's massaging this horse, you know, with the hind limb lameness, she'll come back and say, you know, that opposite forelimb neck shoulder area has got knots on it like you wouldn't believe. So the horse has already been compensating on its diagonal to compensate for this hind limb lameness. And uh, Kim is addressing it, thank goodness, with the massage, but she's also bringing it to our attention. Hey, did you not notice, um, you know, you may want to pay more attention to this, that there's a um, an issue going on in the forelimb right now. So either we better correct the back end so it all goes away or we're going to have to address two different
0: issues. Which is why my horse fell apart after his hind leg or his hawk was bothering him. So, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so he had that what Dr. Jones is describing, that diagonal limb issue and his neck was sore and so um anyway he's he's getting all the stretches and and we're doing the best we can for him but we have a question from our live audience from debbie and i'm glad debbie asked this question because i was really hoping we would get to it and she wants to know about ice wraps versus cold hosing and using cryotherapy or cold therapy on our horses what is better using a hose or using the boots that i have frozen in my freezer Uh, kim (laughs)
2: <laughs> that is actually a very, very good question, and some of that may depend on the time of year and your geographical location. So, if if you lived up north where the um, weather is um, really, really cold and it's getting ready to snow, but it hasn't quite, you know, frozen all the all the pipes yet then you can certainly cold hose because the water will definitely be cold e- e- enough to not just make the hairs cold but the actual um, skin and the um, structures underneath cold. If you're here in Florida on a relatively cool day, um, you can cold hose but you might not, it, it, it won't get cold e- enough or as as cold as, let's say, using uh, ice. Um, so some of that depends on your, you know, geographical location. It depends on the, you know, time time of year, like how, you know, cold is the uh, water coming, coming out of the um, faucets. But certainly, um, ice is a, a great, great way of, of uh, treating if you want to uh, use a cold, cold ther- therapy. As far as the ice boots, if if you have have a boot that you can slip um, on and just add some ice and uh, water. Uh, Water to it. That's that's perfect. That's great. Um, there are some wraps uh, out there that have the ice packs that will get warm fast. So you have to kind of watch it and just make sure that the ice packs are um, staying staying cold. And as soon as it gets warm, you want to take it off or just take it off after let's say twenty to you know thirty um, minutes because at that point it's not really you know, helping. Especially if the um, packs are um, are warm. Now, if the packs are still really really cold, and you take the wrap off, and you notice that the um, leg is is pretty pretty cold, then then that helps as as well. But the other other side side is, you don't want to leave those cold wraps on too long. And in a way, even if it uh, stays cold, because longer Keeping the wraps on longer does not mean better. It just means that you could increase chances of um, you know causing a damage if you don't take it off so um, so i I would say that the the best cold therapy treatment that I've seen has been the treatments involving ice and water, or if you're up up north. And the weather's cold, and the water is freezing. That that is, you know, just as well. Otherwise, if you're here, um, you know, further south, like uh, here in Florida, I would stick with the uh, ice and water if if at all at all possible. Some horses are definitely afraid of ice and water, so you can't get that near them to save your life. So just use a hose. (laughs) So that way's better. But okay,
1: and and I'd like to. Oh, go ahead, Kim. Yes, Erin. I'd like to add to that, um, is I agree 100%. I'm a huge ice fan. I agree 100% with Kim about ice and water combination being the best option. And that they found that basically the therapeutic swirling or, or whirling of the ice and water will help with um, injuries um, better than just your standard slap ice on it and, and let it get, you know, warm. Um, it seems to stimulate that blood flow that needs to pull all the bad boys out, again, out of that injury area, all the... Um, Uh, inflammatory proteins that are causing damage and the catabolic processes that are going on there. So that swirling whirling of ice and water um, tends to pull away the heat and increase blood flow to help stimulate movement of some of that stuff out of there. So I'm I'm a big fan of those Um, more so than I am just slapping an ice pack um, uh, wrap on there but as Kim said you can't get near a horse with you know actual ice and water so those ice Boots, wraps will work for them, but you do have to keep track on how long they keep them stay cold. And then again, cold hosing in Florida is a joke. So.
0: <laughs> well, and I'm I'm in the desert where. Uh, our water is precious and to stand and hose a horse for 20 minutes is a little bit painful uh, just to watch the water go into the ground <laughs> when it's when um, we try to conserve it as much as we can so so I do have those ice boots but how often should I be applying in those is that after every time I ride so I have this horse who has this achy hawk that seems to get aggravated when we're doing collection work um, and then he gets kinda of sore in the glutes so and I'm not quite sure how to even ice his glutes, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> if you have any hints for me, Kim, on that, I would appreciate it. But um, should I be icing this after after I ride every day, or is it just in the evening when he's eating his feed? Do I slap some ice on him if he's tolerant of that? Uh, what what recommendations would yes. you have?
2: Yes, I would say that that if he if it's if his hawk tends tends to get aggravated after you ride like like you you know after each uh session that if hawk gets a little bit puffy or or it's it's sore or it um bothers him i would i would def- definitely ice it after each each ride for sure and then if you ever um see him you know like like if he stalled over overnight and then the next morning he has a big hawk or it's you know um, a little bit you know puffy or swollen definitely you can put some ice ice on it on it it then but you can actually you can code you can cheat with ice several times a day so it's not limited to just once or twice but you can definitely do it more um, often and I generally recommend icing for about 20 20 minutes each each session. Um, But then after a while you have to start asking yourself why is this hot getting getting big each time because there could be an underlying reason why it's still um, you know bothering him so the um, ice is is, is great um, um, especially right right after you, you, you ride. If there's nothing else that that can be done with this hot as far as a workup from your vet veterinarian um, and injections or um, anything like like that, and it's simply just a maintenance issue, then yes, defi- definitely ice him afterwards and um, and 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 see how he does.
0: So when our horses have obvious sore muscles. Kim, are, are there things that that you would recommend using that are like icy hot or Bengay that we would use for humans, or Arnica rubs or something topically that could make them more comfortable and and reduce inflammation?
2: Yes, there are there are definitely product uh, products out there. Um, I wouldn't say Bengay, but I would definitely say something like um, like a um, Arnica gel or um, paste that that you could rub on because that's 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 great for inflammation as, as, as well. Um, there is um, a product made by a company called called Heal that has um, that has gels and rubs for um, sports sports injuries that you can use on horses too. And the and the equine market has has a lot of um, liniments and. Um, Just whether it just be just a liniment applied to the dry coat or a liniment applied as you um, hose them them down or um, bathe them, that helps get the soreness out.
0: We have a follow-up question about cryotherapy uh, from Diane in our audience. And she wants to know, does allowing the horse to stand outside in the deep snow help? Uh, ice the area and I have to chuckle at that because my horses are actually outstanding in snow right now that we got this morning and I wonder that my, <laughs> myself uh, is he cold enough with just it, it being really cold out uh, that I don't need to ice him Kim what are your thoughts? Oh yeah
2: definitely because um, you know snow is ice you know and, and and what what better way to 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 be able to treat with ice than to just let them stand out there in the, in the snow. I mean, there are, are times here in Florida where I wish that there was snow up to their hawks so I can just turn them out in the field and say, just go stand, okay? <laughs> so I don't have to hold you and chase you with the hose or chase you with the ice to get you to realize that everything is okay, it's not gonna eat you. But um, I, you know, def- definitely the um, snow pro- pro- provides the, you know, um, Optimal amount of coldness needed to treat, and then um, um, there are also times when when I've heard you know veterinarians talk about uh, raminited horses and you know horses that have you know problems problems with their feet, you know just allowing them to stand out there in, in, in the snow to to help out and I'm sure Dr. Dr. Jones has that, has more to add to that as well.
1: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Cam. I was just going to uh, talk about <laughs> that laminitic study where um, they went up and they put uh, probes in the horse's feet to see what temperatures they got to. And if you think about it, as you're chuckling, Michelle, your horses are standing up there. They're not getting frostbite. So they're doing just fine out there. They can thermoregulate to a, a point that they don't get frostbite, but it is very good for the horse's feet to stand in some snow or stand in some ice water and help with the inflammation that's going on down in their feet and their legs. So I agreed.
0: Okay. Well, we have snowstorms here in Bend, Oregon uh, in the forecast for the next week. So when I'm out shoveling snow and feeding horses in the snow, I will try to keep in mind that it's doing good things too for my horses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our next question is for Kim, and it's from Karen in Pennsylvania. And uh, Karen wants to know about acupressure and how it might help horses. And we actually got lots of questions about acupressure, and we only have a few minutes left tonight, but I wanted to touch on that. So, Kim, can you tell us a little bit about acupressure and and how it can be applied to horses?
2: Yes, definitely. Um, Acupressure is the uh, use of pressure to... um, that is applied to the um, acu 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 points or um, the same points as uh, acupuncture points. Um, the biggest difference is, of course, acu acupressure uses um, pressure, where, whereas a veterinarian uses uses needles for the uh, acu acupuncture. And because acupuncture is considered an invasive technique, because the ne- needle pierces that the, the skin. Um, A non-veterinarian such as my myself would be um, would be better to uh, use the uh, acupressure instead.
0: Okay, Um, and I just looked at the time, and we are really almost out of time, and we have so many good things to still cover. Um, Really quickly, uh, Michelle in New Jersey is asking about the benefits of cold laser therapy uh, in in veterinary medicine, and Donna in New York wants to know if there are any downsides of laser therapy. So Kim, do you want to quickly touch on lasers and then maybe we'll do a follow-up on the website and do a QA and a type article where, where you can answer these questions more in depth.
2: Yes, uh, cold lasers are um, perfect for um, you know treating uh, equine injuries, um, especially the class 3 and class class. For lasers, and um, the way they work is is it um, it uses it uses light or like the red light or the infrared light to um, stimulate stimulate healing in the uh, cells. And what happens is when the um, when this light is em- emitted to the um, or treated or administered to the um, tish- tissue, it stimulates the energy in the in, in the cell, causing that Cells to um, to become more active in heal, healing versus um, a very stagnant and um, sick sick cell. So it's it's a, a different different modality used to treat uh, super superficial injuries as far as deeper injuries um, that a, a therapist can can use for healing.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Kim, and we're out of time. That went really fast, but I really enjoyed talking with both of you, you tonight. Uh, I think we covered some really good stuff. Uh, Dr. Aaron Denny-Jones and Kim Chester Campbell, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: It's always a thank pleasure, you. Michelle, always. Thank okay. you.
0: So, And there's so much information here that maybe we'll need to do another one to finish out the the rest of these questions. But thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We had a great audience, uh, a big audience tonight. So thank you for your interest in the topic of equine sports therapy. And I hope everyone has a great holiday season and joins us in January for our next Ask the Horse Live. Good night, everyone.
2: Good night.